Ladies and gentlemen, we take you now by transcription behind the scenes of a police headquarters in a great American city where under the cold, glaring lights will pass before us the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. This is the lineup. Dahlgren? Yes. Yes, that's right. I'm Lieutenant Guthrie. Oh, I'm glad to know you, Lieutenant. I wasn't sure I was in the right place. Yes, this is it. Now, we can sit down over here. Oh, sure. Any way you say, sir. Excuse me, please. Pardon me. I feel kind of embarrassed, Lieutenant. Well, no need to. Well, I thought I knew my way around. Then I fall for the old badger game. Happens every day. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. First time it ever happened to me, though. May I have your attention, please? You people out there on the other side of the wire in the audience room, may I have your attention, please? Thank you. My name is Cogger, Sergeant Pete Cogger. I'll explain the lineup to you. Each of the suspects you will see will be numbered. I'll call off a number, their name, and charge. If you have any questions or identifications, please remember the number assigned to the prisoner as I call his name. At the end of each line, when I ask for questions or identifications, call out the number. If you're sure or not too sure of the suspect, have him help. The questions I ask these suspects are merely to get a natural tone of voice, so do not pay too much attention to their answers as they often lie. All right, bring on the line. Okay, move on up to the end of the stage. Right over here. Step it up. You there, I said, move over here. That's it. Now turn all of you and face the screen. That's right, look straight ahead. Keep your hands at your sides. When I ask you questions, talk up. It's a long way to the back of the room out there, so sing out. All right, number one, Murray Nostol, drunk assault. Step right up there, Murray. Right up to the line. That's it. Where do you live, Murray? Uh, where do you, sir? Answer the question, Murray. Where do you live? 1851 Amistoy. How long you lived there? You're wasting your time, Sergeant. How long? Three years, but you're wasting your time. You didn't waste any last night, Murray. That's what I'm telling you. I done it all right, so why are you yakking? What'd you do, Murray? Socked her in the puss, that's what. Who'd you sock? My mother-in-law. Why'd you hit her, Murray? She had it coming, that's why. Three years we live with that dame all the time. A yak and a yak and a yak. You drive a guy nuts all the time, yak and so I shut her up. Did a pretty good job of it, Murray. She's in the hospital. She won't be there long. It's not what the doctor says. Two broken ribs, broken nose. Her jaw ain't broken. Wait till she starts yakking at the doc. You <laughs> kick her out fast enough. All right, Murray, slide down. down. She years we live with that dame all the time. I said slide down. <laughs> all right, number two. Wesley Humperdinck, armed robbery. Step right up there, Wes. That's it. Where do you live? <coughs> Talk up, Wes. What number on Sawyer? I don't know. Some kind of flop house. I don't know the number. How long you lived there, Wes? A couple of days. Where'd you live before that? Some other joint. Where? I don't know where. Some other joint. What kind of work do you do? I ain't working. When you do work, what do you do? Nothing special. Pick up a couple of bucks here, there. How much did you pick up last night, Wes? Didn't pick up nothing. Hyman Rosenberg says different. Who's he? Owns Rosenberg's Delicatessen on 14th Street. I never heard of it. He was held up last night, Wes. That's no skin off of me. Resting officers picked you up half a block away. Stinking bulls pushing guys around. Where'd you get the gun? What gun? 
You had a 32 caliber Colt on your Wes. I didn't have no gun. It was in your pocket when you were arrested. I don't know nothing about no gun. Let's see, you say, say Ben Cap, put him up or I'll blow your lousy head up, off. Man? I don't know, but he's got Doug Gorson in his office. Heard him say something about wholesale manslaughter. Put him up or I'll blow your lousy head off. Hi, Bill. Doc? Ben? Yeah? What's up? Tell him, Doc. Ever hear of Clostridium botulitum, Ben? Well, I don't think so. What is it? A microscopic bacillus that causes botulism, a form of food poisoning. Sounds like the blue plate special at Charlie's Cafe. <laughs> you never ate food poisoned by Clostridium botulinum or you wouldn't be here. It's that deadly, huh? Then it's practically 100% fatal unless antitoxins are given in time. Even then, mortality will run... Close to 65%. Pleasant stuff to run into. Fortunately, it's comparatively rare. Only seven cases reported here in the past five years. Well, what's our interest in it now? Well, four of those cases popped up in the last 24 hours, Ben. Three more suspected but not verified had just been admitted to receiving hospital. Any fatalities? Three already dead. Two more expected to die before morning. Uh-huh. How do you account for it, Doc? Well, that's the trouble, Ben. I can't. No connection between these people? None. Well, it must be some. Look for yourself. Outside of Carl Walker and his young grandson who died of it, all the others are from different families, different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. What causes this uh, food poisoning, Doc? Well, usually a poor job of home canning. Food sealed up tight before it's been boiled long enough to kill the bacillus. That's just the point, Ben. Maybe one family would eat spoiled home canned food, but not six different families in different parts of the city in 24 hours. It doesn't make sense. Well, unless somebody's deliberately spreading the poison stuff around town. Yeah, that's why you're here. Yeah. Any idea at all what these people might have been eating? Who might be spreading it around? Nothing. Yeah. That's the help. You better work fast, Ben. It's odorless and tasteless. Just a bite of food with that stuff in it is enough. Uh-huh. Any idea where you're going to start, Ben? No, but I better come up with one in a hurry. <laughs> Enough with one death in a family, but two. Well, can't be helped. Uh, careful of that wreath on the door. Oh, yeah. Yes, Mr. Walker? Yes, that's right. We're police officers, Mr. Walker. Could we talk to you for a minute, please? Well, is it something important, officer? We're, we're rather upset right now. Oh, yes, sir, we know. That's why we're here. Oh, about Bobby and my father? Yes, sir. We won't take up much of your time. Well, all right, come on. Thanks. <laughs> the den's down this way. There's, there's no need to bother my wife, is there? Well, I hope it won't be necessary, Mr. Walker. She's in the living room with some friends. She's taking it pretty hard. Yes, sir. In here, please. Go ahead. Uh, you, you you said you're police officers? Uh, yes, I'm Lieutenant Guthrie. This is Sergeant Carger. All right, Sergeant. Well, Lieutenant, I, I'm afraid I don't understand what the police have to do with this. Well, we're trying to find out what happened to your son and father, Mr. Walker. Well, it's simple enough, isn't it? They ate something, the food was poisoned, they, they died. Well, it's not as simple as that, Mr. Walker. Well, what difference does it make how simple it is? My boy's dead and your being here isn't going to bring him back to life. It might stop some other man's son from dying. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. How can I help you? 
Does your wife have any home canned foods in the house? Well, the doctor asked us that, too. No, my, my wife works. She's always too busy to can. Any friends give her some? Neighbors? No. No, we checked that. We just don't have any. Uh, what about your dinner the night before? Serve any canned foods at all? Well, my wife prepared a list for the doctor. Copy here on the desk. Don't you see for yourself there's nothing. Chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, layer cake, coffee. Oh, what about those mushrooms? No, no, we all ate everything. No one else got sick. Only my father and Bobby. No, whatever they ate that, that poisoned them, Lieutenant, wasn't in this house. Any idea what it might have been? Uh, where they might have eaten something? Well, as far as we know, my father wasn't out of the house that day. When Bobby came home from playing ball, he was... As hungry as a bear, said he hadn't had anything to eat since lunch. I see. He's a great one for playing ball, Bobby was. This, this is first baseman's mitt. He wanted to be a, a ball player. I played a little summer pro in my time, and he wanted to take after me. He'd have made it too. He, getting pretty good. He was better than me. That little kid had a batting average of... Well, I... I guess that's all I can tell you, Lieutenant. It's all we know. It hit us out of a blue sky. I just hope you can stop it from happening to any other families. We're going to try, Mr. Walker. We've sure been doing fine. Yeah. Driving all over town, talking to people who don't feel like talking to anybody. We come up with nothing. No, I've had one break. What's that? No other cases reported so far. Maybe there won't be any. There'll be more. You still think somebody's passing out poison food around town? Has to be. How can you figure it? None of these people knew each other. All ate different foods. There's no connection. It's there someplace. We've got to find it. Any idea, huh? Maybe we'll have some luck here. Four, oh, last family on the list, isn't it? Yeah. Name of Castino. Uh, oh, maybe hold it, man. Four, stand by. Car 13K, call in, urgent. 13K, Guthrie, go ahead. To 13K, proceed at once to receiving hospital emergency ward. Proceed at once to receiving hospital emergency ward. Codes one and two. 13K, Guthrie, receiving hospital. We'll call. It's getting rough, Ben. Five more cases in the last two hours. Prognosis unfavorable in three of them. Any more information, Doc? That's why I had the call put out for you. In here. Mm -hmm. We drew the usual blank with four of them, Ben, but I wanted you to talk to this man. Name's Ronson. He keeps on saying something about his... Well, you can hear him for yourself. Uh, I can't, can't breathe. Uh, do something, please. They gotta help me. In the last stages, progressive paralysis affecting the respiratory tract. Lousy free lunch. That's what did it. That's it, Guthrie. That's what he's been saying. Bronson, listen to me. Where'd you have that free lunch? Where'd you have the free lunch, Ronson? At some bar? Did you have it at some bar? Free lunch. 
Where is this bar, Ronson? Where is it? Where's the bar, Ronson? It's on 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 Madison? That where it is, Madison Street? Is that bar on Madison Street? Ronson, is that bar on Madison Street? Ronson? That's it, Guthrie? Yeah. What do you think? Could be part of our answer. Sure, a quick drink and a bite at the downtown bar. That'd explain men from different families in different parts of town being hit. Yeah. Only I hope Ronson was wrong. Why is that? Any idea how many people can drop into a bar in 24 hours? And we don't even know where it is? The time, February 8th, 1944. The place, Carano, Italy. The exposed right flank of an American company was being hit hard by fire from a unit concealed nearby. Under Corporal Paul B. Huff, a six-man patrol set out to discover the strength and location of the hidden unit. As the patrol moved across a stretch of rolling, open terrain, it was subjected to fire from small arms, machine guns, and mortars. Shells burst within five yards of the advancing infantrymen. Bullets struck the ground at their feet. Corporal Huff moved ahead of the patrol, drawing fire from three machine guns and a 20-millimeter weapon. Seeing that his squad was in danger, he raced across a minefield to a point 75 yards from the emplacement and, with his submachine gun, eliminated the weapon and its crew. The kneeling position from which he fired enabled him to spot the other positions and estimate their strength. With the information he needed, Corporal Huff returned to his patrol and led it back to safety. That same afternoon, a larger American patrol used the information Huff had obtained to rout a company of 125 men with only minor losses. For his intrepid leadership and daring combat skill, Paul B. Huff was presented the Medal of Honor. Paul Huff, who asked not what his country could do for him, but what he could do for his country. Lieutenant Guthrie. Waldo, Ben. Oh, yeah, Bill. How are we doing? I might have a lead. Yeah, what is it? A man by the name of Ronson died about an hour ago at receiving hospital. Yeah, I got the report. Now, he managed to talk a little. Thought he got sick from a free lunch at some bar. Might have been on Madison Street. Told you the address or what he ate? I didn't have a chance. Big, man. Best we've got so far. What are you doing on it? Four squads are checking all the bars on Madison. Carger, Ash, and Burton are interrogating at receiving hospital. Any reports? Uh, not yet. Mm-hmm. Could be real rough. Contaminated food passed out at a bar, no telling how many people it hit. I got the papers and radio stations working on it. They'll put out the story and inform the public. Well, we don't want to start a citywide panic with this thing, Ben. Nine people are already dead. I have to take a chance, Bill. Okay, keep me posted. Right. How'd you do, Pete? I think we might have something, Ben. What? Well, two of the people at the hospital managed to talk some. One of them had been making the rounds of Madison Street bars the night before. Had something to eat in a couple of them. Couldn't remember which ones, though. Uh Uh-huh. The other one was too far gone to say much. But they both remembered some of the things they'd eaten. Any similarity? Yeah. Marinated mushrooms. 
Mushrooms. That's right. Quine. Yeah, uh, Get me Finley Walker on the phone. You'll find his number on that list of families hit by the food poisoning. Okay, Ben. You think it ties in? Only point of similarity we've had. Well, walkers don't fit in, Ben. We had mushrooms for dinner. The boy and his grandfather dying. Neither one of them could have been at a bar. The rest of the family ate them, too. Well, there's a tie-in someplace. It's got to be. Yeah, Quine? Uh, Finley Walker's on the phone, Ben, and we got some reports on Madison Street bars. Bring in what you've got, Quine. Right, Ben. Uh, this is Lieutenant Guthrie, Mr. Walker. Yes, Lieutenant. Uh, those mushrooms you had for dinner the other night, you sure they weren't canned? Yes, I- I'm positive, Lieutenant. I told you that. Why? Uh, how were they served, Mr. Walker? Plain, marinated, how? Well, we had them both plain and marinated, Lieutenant. Mrs. Walker and I like them plain. Well, that is sautéed a little. And my father had the marinated ones. Why do you ask? Uh, what about your son, Bobby? Bobby had them plain. You sure? I- I'm positive. He, he doesn't... He didn't like them any other way. I remember my father coaxed him to try the marinated ones, and he didn't like them at all. Then he did taste them. Yes, yes, I, I, I can still remember the face he made. You think those mushrooms were poison? I'm sure of it. Remember where you got them? Oh, no, I, I don't do any of the shopping, Lieutenant, but my wife would. Uh, would you mind asking him, Mr. Walker? Well, she isn't home right now. She went for a ride with some friends to kind of get her mind off of things. Well, have a call in the minute she gets home, Mr. Walker, and uh, check your refrigerator and shelves right now for any leftover mushrooms. All I'll right, send a man out to pick them up. All right, Lieutenant, but I, I still can't believe there's anything wrong with those mushrooms. Just don't try tasting any. No, no I won't, Lieutenant. Goodbye. Those reports, Quinn? Oh, yeah, Ben. The boys have covered about 35 bars so far. Only four of them served any kind of free food. Oh, let's see the reports on those. Oh, here's the one you want to see, Ben. Uh, Happy Hooligan, 1427 North Madison Street, owner Carl Schweigert. Reports dispensing the following free foods the evening of Monday, February 9th. Pickled beets, Swiss cheese, rye bread, homemade marinated mushrooms. that the only one? That's it. Okay, let's go. Yeah, that's right, Lieutenant. I handed out some mushrooms last Monday night at home marinated stuff. You marinate them yourself, Carl? Me? No. <laughs> what do I know from mushrooms? I got them from a guy. What guy, Carl? There's some drunk. He walked near Monday morning carrying a real load. Made me a deal. What kind of a deal? Well, he had a half dozen jars of these here mushrooms. They tried to sell them to me. I gave him a brush off, so he offers me a deal. Give me the stuff for a bottle of muscatel. Is that what you did? Well, sure. What have I got to lose? So I put the stuff out on the bar. Uh, who is this guy who made the deal, Carl? There's some drunk, like I said. And I, I never saw him before. Now, what's he look like? Like a drunk. Dirty, needs a shave. I see hundreds of them. Who knows what he looks like? Mm. Any idea where he got those mushrooms? They were homemade, that's all I know. How'd you know? What's this? I want to judge. There was a label on them? No label, just a hunk of paper pasted on the writing. Well, what'd it say? Well, something about somebody's homemade mushrooms. I don't know, Lieutenant. I didn't pay no attention. <sighs> How many jars of this stuff did you use, Carl? Well, only one. You know, that kind of stuff don't go here too good. It's strictly a salami and cheese joint. See, what's the beef about these here mushrooms, anyway? Got the rest of those jars around? Yeah, back here, I'll show you. You know, like I said, the stuff uh, don't go so good here. So I dumped the five jars I got left in the trash can this morning. Mm, Trash can? There's nothing to worry about. Jars are right on top. You can look them over easy. Mm. Trash cans are empty, Carl. How do you like that? Collected already, huh? (laughs) Tough. Was out here a half hour ago. You can't remember the name on those jars? Look, like I said, Lieutenant, I didn't pay no attention. Look, what's the difference anyways? I ain't gonna get any more of this stuff. 
Pocket right. Over here, Van. How'd you do, Quinn? Not too good. Truck's checked in and dumped its load. You sure? That's what the superintendent says. Hmm. Any idea where it was dumped? Yeah, that uh, big hill of refuse over there. Every truck that's come in today is dumped on there. Uh, that routine? Yeah. Every day's trash is dumped on one big heap, then they run it all over that conveyor belt, pick out the salvage that way. Okay. Tell them to get the belt going. You kidding, Ben? Only one way to find out who's putting up those mushrooms, get the name and address off those jars. That pile of trash is 20 feet high, maybe 40, 50 feet around. Got any better ideas? I'll tell them to start the belt. Uh, 4.15. We're working three hours already. Yeah. The pile of trash looks bigger than it was before. Yeah, we'll whittle it down. It's almost dark. We'll rig lights if we have to. Sure. Why not? Kind of getting used to this by now. Might take a job here when I retire from the force. Oh, why wait that long? You could. What is it, Ben? Over there, coming down the belt. What? The jar of mushrooms are. Yeah, I'll get it. Paper's still on, Ben. What does it say? Mama Rose's homemade mushrooms. Oh, my God, it. What's her address? There isn't any. Just the name. No address. I don't think I'll work here after all. No future in it. Oh, come in, Pete. How'd you do on the line? Oh, we ran 87 of them through, Ben. Winos, drunks, vagrants, nothing. Carl Schweiger swears he's gonna sell his bar. Can't stand looking at another drunk. Yeah. How'd you do? Doc Gerson put the mushrooms through the lab. Oh, did it pan out? Enough botulism toxin in that jar to kill an army. Doc know why? Mushrooms not cooked. Jar sealed tight. The stuff thrives on treatment like that. Well, at least we know what happened. Now all we have to do is find Mama Rosa. Any suggestions? Beats me. Yeah. Uh, want some coffee? No, no, thanks. Gotta be some way to find her, Ben. Well, papers and radio stations are with us. Every cop in town is working on it. Should be only a question of time. Time ran out for nine people already. Yeah, I guess. I hate to think this Mama Rose is cooking up another batch of the stuff somewhere in town. Eight to five she is. Probably. Once she starts peddling it around again. Yeah. I'm going down to R&I, check through the pure foods violations. Already been through them once, haven't you? Well, I have to do something. Blow my top just sitting around here. I'll get it. Lieutenant Guthrie. Uh, Lieutenant, this is Finley Walker. Oh, yes, Mr. Walker. Your wife come home? Uh, no, no, not yet, but I just talked to her on the phone. She remember where she got those mushrooms? Yes, our cleaning woman was over that day. She was quitting to go into some kind of business for herself, and she, she brought them as a sort of a farewell present. Uh, what's her name, Mr. Walker? Uh, Stefano, Mrs. Alfredo Stefano. Alfredo Stefano, yeah. Uh, you know where she lives? Yes, it's 9, 923 Dickens Place. Oh. It's out on the west side somewhere, I think.
do. Sure build these tenements a long way up. Yeah. Five stories. Every time a cop wants to check on somebody, they've got to live on the top floor. Huh. Well, someday I'm going to figure out why. Uh-huh. Right here. Are you Mrs. Stefano? Si. Uh, we're police officers, Mrs. Stefano. Could we talk to you for a minute, please? Police? Yes, that's right. We'd like to talk to you, please. Oh, uh, mi fratello. What's that, Mrs. Stefano? That's my brother, Andrea. He's so drunk. Has he been arrested? Well, nothing like that, Mrs. Stefano. We'd just like to ask you a few questions. Oh, sure. Come on. See, si, come in, please. Thanks, ma'am. You come in the kitchen. I'm a cook in there. You excuse me, huh? Well, that's all right, Mrs. Stefano. Oh, that brother, that Andrea. Always the vino, vino. I don't see him for two, three days now. When you say police, I think he's going to get arrested again. No, it's not that, Mrs. Stefano. This, here's my kitchen. It looks good, huh? Yeah, real good, ma'am. Uh, doing a lot of cooking, aren't you, Mrs. Stefano? Oh, see, I must start a new business here. Mama Rosa and a homemade cook. You're cooking up special foods and selling them around town, is that it, Mrs. Stefano? See, si, that's right, senor. For 15 years I dream of this, my own business. I save up $2,000. Now I'm a start. I cook, my brother Andrea, he sell. Soon we're going to have a big business. Ever applied for a license, man? Come on. Well, you have to have a permit to operate a business like this, Mrs. Stefano. What form, Mama Rosa, need a permit? Well, city health inspectors have to check, make sure the place is clean, food prepared properly. Clean? You look around yourself. You ever see a place more clean than this? Mm, looks all right, ma'am. Yeah, sure, it's all right. And what's that you say about the food? Nobody have to tell Mama Rosa about the food. She cook fine. She cook just perfect. I'm sure you do, ma'am. Uh, you said your brother Andrea sells for you, Mrs. Stefano? See, si. Mama Rosa, she cook. Andrea, he sell. Has he sold anything for you so far? I don't know. He's not come back yet. It's uh, three days now he's not come back. Uh, what did he take with him to sell, Mrs. Stefano? Oh, right here. The mushroom with the marinade. You see, Mama Rosa's homemade mushrooms with the marinade. How many of these jars did he take, Mrs. Stefano? Six. Six a jar. You sure it was only six? Sure. It was a six a jar. That's what you call a sample, huh? Uh, how much more of this have you got around, Mrs. Stefano? Oh, I put up a 20, 30 jar. All of it in that cabinet? Yeah, it's all in there. When Andrea gets back, he's going to sell that, too. Make a big business for Mama Rosa. After 15 years, it's a big business of my own. So pretty good, huh? Just fine, Mrs. Stefano. Here, you take this jar for yourself. You're going to see what Mama Rosa means. Look at the color, senor. With the wine, the olive oil. Looks just so fine, no? Yeah. Looks good enough to eat. Lineup, where before you pass the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. Listen again next week when we again bring you the lineup. May I have your attention, please? You people out there on the other side of the wire in the audience room, may I have your attention, please? Thank you. My name is Cogger, Sergeant Pete Cogger.
Lineup, starring Bill Johnstone as Lieutenant Ben Guthrie with Jack Moyles as Sergeant Pete Carger, was written by Sidney Marshall with music composed and conducted by Eddie Dunstetter. Featured in tonight's cast were Howard McNear, John McIntyre, Lou Krugman, High Everback, Sidney Miller, Stacey Harris, and Jeanette Nolan. The lineup was transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. Lineup has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.